Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, folks. Welcome to the Two Guys at a Mic show off yesterday. So we got lots to recap from the weekend that was. And, of course, uh, here in Chicago, we'll talk about that Monday night football game. No doubt about it. we got to catch up with the big dog's trip to Mexico, the Chicago Marathon, all kinds of good stuff going on. Plenty, plenty on the docket for today. Again, welcome. Tuesday version of the Two Guys at a Mic show. We're off and running. And, of course, the music of the TalkZone.com. Yes, indeed. We were off yesterday. I know we played a replay show. Thank you very much, uh, producer extraordinaire David Olson, for putting that on uh, due to Columbus Day. So we apologize for not being live with our preview show. But based on what we saw in the Bears-Lions game, we probably would have predicted everything wrong. So maybe it was good that we were off yesterday. Let me welcome in my partner, checking in via the telecommunicative phone lines out in Aurora, Illinois. It's the big dog, Joel. We don't call him Joel. We call him Joel Redwanski because by Joel, automatically your 40 time is about four-tenths of a second quicker. How are you, Joel? Well, four-tenths would be pretty good, Coach. Yeah. That, 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 that's pretty good. Maybe a slight exaggeration, but clearly we've talked about this before on the recruiting list as a Division three college football player. If you are known as Joel Redwanski, no one's looking at you. All you do is change the inflection a little bit. Tight end slash linebacker Joel Radwanski, and you're on the eyes at least possibly somewhere in the ninth or tenth round of the NFL draft. Well, considering there's only seven rounds, that's pretty disappointing. That's it? Seven rounds? Seriously, Coach, come on. Come on. There's got to be more than seven rounds. Seven rounds of the NFL draft. When did they argue about this? (laughs) When did they change this? They changed it from 12 rounds to seven in about 1988. This is shocking. I never watched day two. I just assumed they still went to the twelfth round. No, it's always seven. All right. Well, it's, it's only seven. been. And it, I don't want to talk about the draft. I don't want to talk about. <laughs> Legitimately, yesterday, as I wore my Walter Payton jersey out, and I ended up in a place where a bunch of Detroit Lions fans were because I just had I got done with work at like seven forty-five last night. Mm-hmm. So immediately went to the closest place, which happens to have a twenty percent discount for me. So I'm like, oh, this will be okay. So I actually watched the game by myself for the first time, and I can't remember the last time I watched the Bears game by my lonesome coach. It might be like 20 years ago. And I ended up sitting next to these Detroit fans. The ones behind me weren't big football fans, but they were, you know, Detroit fans. So, you know, they weren't being irritated or nothing. The guy next to me was cool as heck. And he actually said this comment after the Bears, like, eighth false start in the first half, mind you. He Mm -hmm. said this. He's like, come on, I want to watch some football. The Detroit Lions fan was complaining it was too many Bears penalties. Seriously. Think about that, how bad the Bears played last night. That The, the guy was like, come on, I, I'm sick of this. Can I just watch some football? Could you guys stay in formation for a play? First That's quarter of the about. game. The first quarter of the game. And you want to check in, folks, on the uh, Bear-Lions game yesterday. We'll recap some of the weekend sporting events as well. we got baseball to talk about, Chicago Marathon, et cetera, et cetera. 888-463-6748. Dial it up. I want to hear from you guys. 888-463-6748. Big dog, the first and, – and – 
piggybacking on what your Detroit Lion uh, cool friend or cool uh, neighbor really said at the bar store. Guy, this guy sitting next to me. That's okay. right. I, just, I, but, I have no idea who this guy is, but he just but, said that. I'm like, you know what? He, he's a total sprite. I feel him. Well, hopefully he's listening to the show now because I'm sure you told him about the two guys in a mic show. Well, but, yeah, plenty of times I did, yeah. <laughs> Piggybacking on his thought, I thought the first quarter, that first quarter of football set the game, set the NFL back about 40 years. And the Lions had a part of that too, by the way. I mean, that, that was brutal, brutal football in the first quarter, particularly. The, the Lions should have won by 30 points, but the, the Lions didn't play well whatsoever. You're exactly right. That was an embarrassment. The end of, like, well, as a Bears fan right now, I don't even want to go out in public. <laughs> Anybody wearing an Omae jersey, you think, today? Oh, my goodness. You know what, Coach? Instead of a helmet, they should just put a matador hat on that guy. <laughs> okay, uh, honestly, honestly, think about that fourth and one situation when they went uh, when Forte on third and one and then uh, Marion Barber on fourth and one after they called the timeout. Yep. Okay, so you call the timeout. Everybody, all you got to do is say, tell your offensive line. You know, and Dominican Sue will be in a five technique on this. So <laughs> if he's on your side, oh, my A, when you're pulling – you have to beat him to the point. You cannot let him get inside you, considering he will be lined up inside you. And since you know the snap count, you know all that, all you got to do is just push him down, take one step, and put your hands on him. Well, he doesn't do that. He takes one step. Uh, he, uh, Dominican Sue runs right in front of his face, and he makes a tackle. Coach, it was so, it was, the offensive line play yesterday was abysmal. I've watched abysmal. Uh, Bear football for many, many years, and not so much other NFL games. I can't say I'm an NFL expert, but obviously I've watched – other football over the many, many years that I've been watching football, Big Dog. And I can honestly say from start to finish, I've seen offensive tackles, uh, you know, have worse series or two, but from start to finish, I have never, repeat never, seen two offensive tackles have a consistently worse game. Again, from start of the game to finish where they are just beaten consistently, never have I seen it worse than yesterday's game with uh, Jamarcus Webb and, and Frank. Oh, my, oh my God. Uh, you know, I tried. I've tried to give uh, Webb a chance because every once in a while he looks great. Oof. But uh, you, I couldn't. You know, coach. It was funny because these guys would like. Basically, he would move. He would fall, start right. You know, yep. would even make it even worse. He would stand straight up, and his feet work was was horrible. So not only would he fall, start when I was, I was like, that's horrible. He's got a horrible form. You know, so I, I don't even know what to say. I was I was ready. I really feel bad for Jay Cutler. Now I know I don't. He's getting paid 600000 a game. But at least I understand where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. How many times did he take the ball from, from center, drop back his five steps, plant his foot, and have time to throw last night on a percentage basis, yep. about, about yep. 10% of the time? Mm-hmm. So when it, when it does happen, he starts bouncing around. And I don't blame him. You know, people get gun-shy. You, you know, like if uh, you know, you're the little kid at school who always gets a bully picking on him, you know what I mean? The bully walks by, you start getting jumpy. Even for no reason, the bully might not even notice that you're there. That's how Jay Cutler's playing quarterback right now. Yeah, and by the way, when he bounces around, from what I've seen, I like when he bounces around. He throws the ball better. And you know me, I'm not a Jay Cutler fan. I'm, you know, I'm the last guy here in Chicago who's been defending the guy. I don't like him personally, and I, don't, I think he's overrated as a quarterback. But last night, I completely agree with you. I thought his performance, uh, considering the pressure he was under, I thought he played... Uh, Extremely, the accuracy on his throws, under duress, off balance, etc., was amazing. I thought he played very well. You know, the the defense didn't play well at all last night, and they have to start improving too. But there is a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball, especially when they're totally healthy because they were, they were a little banged up yesterday, except for the safety position. 
Okay, coach, all the other positions on defense, there's a lot of talent. But on offense, there's it's Matt Forte, uh, a, a decent quarterback, and nothing. There's nothing at all. They're tight ends that they got rid of other tight ends and brought in new tight ends. They do nothing. Kellen Davis, Matt Spates, have they made any impact whatsoever? Oh, Kellen Davis did last night as he had three false starts in the first seven plays of the game. That's not a good percentage, Coach. Touchdown catch off a beautiful pass by the aforementioned Jay Cutler. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you that that was a man running a route who caught a ball. Yep. That's all it was. I, honestly, he was open not because he, he did a great move at the line or did anything special. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Davis what, has five or six catches on the season, Coach. Yeah. Uh, they put so much importance in this kid this year from what he was supposed to bring to the offense. Johnny Knox has never made that next step. Uh, Earl Bennett right now is looking to me like he's uh, the next Johnny Morris, the greatest receiver in Bears history at yeah. this point. Ever <laughs> and he hasn't played. <laughs> it's the guy who's not playing that's the most impressive receiver for the Bears. Yeah, Johnny yeah. Knox, Roy Williams. Oh, you know, can't, can't find those guys. Devin Hester made a couple of great catches, but yeah, he he's did. inconsistent. He dropped an automatic, and, uh, you know, Dane Sonsenbacher has become our go-to guy. Yeah, Dane Sonsenbacher runs unbelievable routes, and he gets wide open. The problem is you have to catch the ball. It doesn't matter if you just left somebody at the line of scrimmage and, and got totally open, even though you're not that fast as a receiver. If you drop the ball all the time, he had two more drops yesterday. I, I remember one. Two? There was two. Well, one was a definite drop, and the other one was okay. he was getting hit with uh, yep. who Corey Houston was on his back. And I consider it a drop because you're in the NFL. He, what, he makes about $400,000, so he made $25,000 yesterday, Coach, to play in that game. He should mm-hmm. catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he caught three or four, but you're right. In the last couple of games, he's had two easy drops. That cannot happen. The guy's a legend in Ohio State. In fact, David Olson, I wonder how many... In Columbus, Ohio, how many dogs of the Great Dane variety have been named Sonsenbacher? So that you could introduce somebody, have you met my Dane, Sonsenbacher? Thank you very much. I'll be here all week. Sorry, big dog. Continue with your analysis. Don't mind me. Well, I don't really think I'm discovering <laughs> new ground here, but now, I really do yeah, at least want I my amuse myself. Out, Coach. I, I know you did amuse me, by the way. Thank but. you. I just, I'm, I'm right now, I'm just too did emotionally. It, Joe, uh, I don't want to get, did it move? No, it did not. I'm okay. too emotionally deflated for any of that to happen. So. <laughs> okay. I mean, the first season's officially over with. Oh, stop We're that garbage. Now, that, that's the biggest bunch of garbage I've ever heard. It you is really not. think they have a chance at the playoffs, Coach? They're, they're, come on, they're two and three. Five games into it. I don't want to hear about it. It's like saying the Cubs season is over with after like 40 games. So, no. I'm not saying they're two and three and three games behind two teams. I'm yeah. telling you this team stinks. That's the problem. Yeah, things can change in a hurry. But, I mean, obviously the way it looks now, it's not good. But, but you know, to call it the season over when we're not even a third of the way through the season, that's a bit drastic. And we're not 0-5. We're 2-3. and three. We're two and three, yeah. And the people that are going to have to elevate us out of this particular hole are names like Johnny Knox, okay, and uh, Jamarcus Webb, and Oh My Eight. I mean, it's it's the the Bears are in a very very bad situation. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, they moved Spencer in this kid, Chris Spencer, which they gave four and a half million dollars a year to, and so far he's had like like, like ten snaps. They move him at guard and they yep. move alligator arm Lance Lewis out at tackle. Oh, my goodness. The first play, Coach, I was like, all right, good. Good job, Lance Lewis. 
And then after that, they looked like that April kid was literally pulling his pants down, okay, yeah. while he was running past them. Mm-hmm. He made some people out there that aren't the biggest football fans, but there's there's certain like moves that pass rushers make. There's the rip, you throw your arm through. There's a swim, you know. There's this one tuck move that they have. It's like kind of like the variations of the rip. Cliff Abel was just running around him. Yeah. He wasn't even putting his hands on yeah. him. He was just running past him. Nothing tricky. It was basically just speed rush from the outside. I've never, I mean, I've seen it like happen once to an offensive lineman. I've never seen it happen like three plays in a row. Like, eventually, don't you just got to be like, I better pop out really quick, like get my hands out. It's well, ready to- and that brings up how much of it was, how much of the slowness of our offensive line and getting beat consistently was because of the noise and they couldn't get a quick jump off the ball. They were getting a late start and uh, the Detroit Lions are very quick with their defensive rushes. How much of a part of it was that? No, it, it absolutely was. It also has a lot to do with the fact that uh, Detroit was playing uh, the nine wides, where you, you, they every yep. single offensive lineman, according to the defense, has, a, has numbers on them. So, like, the two is the inside shoulder of the guard, the three is the outside shoulder of the guard, and so on as it goes down the line. Well, like, the nine, you'd be lined up on the outside shoulder of the tight end. Well, if you go wide now, you go outside. Well, they were putting four defensive linemen out, and there was literally like four yards in between each one of them. And they were passwords, so they, it's really hard for an offensive tackle to actually. I was, uh, that's well, what I was getting at, Coach. Yeah, it's I, really I, hard for an offensive tackle to get out there, a guy that's that fast, and block them. But schematically, it's extremely easy. Where Mike Marks was like, you know, all we have to do is just chip the end. That's all we got to do. We chip the end. We'll be totally fine, and they never did it. They just kept five guys going out for a pass, and Jay Cutler running around getting the crap kicked out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I was getting that Mike Marks coach, not at Lance Lewis on that one. No, I agree with you. When they went nine wide, and that's just spread out of a defense of front seven, front eight, front nine, whatever you want to call it, as I have ever seen in an NFL game. I was kind of shocked to see that alignment. To me, uh, if they're going to go nine wide, I'm going to go six strong. And I'm going to bring my guy uh, Tyler Klutz in, and we're going to go straight up the middle against their two or three guys. Six against two or three. Wouldn't that be the way to beat the uh, spread them out defense? Go straight up the middle. Nothing fancy. Absolutely, Coach. And that was the second thing I was going to say. I, I, when I was bringing up, if you're passing, you got to chip those guys. And you shouldn't be passing. You should be handing the ball off to Matt Forte, who's averaging six yards a tote. And obviously they, they used him, I thought, really effectively yesterday yes. out of the run game. Yeah. And – I mean, legitimately, it's like Matt Forte misses up the, the great throw Color has, the back shoulder throw when he was mashed up on the linebacker, and Forte made the great adjustment. He just didn't bring it in. And for like a split second, I'm like, come on, Forte. And then I realized, like, no, the guy can make a mistake a game. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, Matt Forte is the whole team at this point. It's they got to figure something out in terms of adjustments, Coach. Just the, why does this team have no ability to adjust? As soon as they go in those nine wides, they should – it should be immediate. They should just be like, okay, we got to go to our chip type protection. We got to run draws up the middle with a lead fullback because those defensive ends will fly right up the field. We won't even have to block them, and we can run right inside of them. No, they don't do any of that. They just let Jay Cutler yeah. get his whatever back. adjustments they made. We said the same thing the last couple of weeks at halftime. It did not work because the biggest shock of the night, the biggest shock of the night, is we headed to the uh, icebox for a refill of whatever we're eating out of the refrigerator, go to the uh, used bag of Doritos to get ready for the start of the second half. The biggest surprise, Big Dog, we were leading after a brutismal first half of football somehow.
Some way the Bears were up 10-7 to at the half, and as we all know, the second half, the only adjustments, again, that the Bears made were in stall number three of the locker room. Lions killed the Bears in the second half. Yeah, like, like the, the guy that the Detroit fans said to me, he's like, man, I don't know what's going to happen in the second half. I'm like, you know, as bad as the as poorly as the Bears like to be leading, I really all of a sudden am starting to believe the Bears are going to win this game. Because yeah. I was like, they, they've got to play better in the in the second half. They played worse. They played a lot worse, and the, the Lions definitely took advantage of it. Ten to seven at halftime. It was absolutely shocking. So many coaching decisions. And again, out there, folks, you want to chime in, 888-463-6748. Big Dog and the coach back at you after a uh, three-day break. We do want to get to the Big Dog's Mexico vacation. He was gone all last week. More stories to tell. I was down at the Chicago Marathon, Big Dog. I want to get... Uh, a little bit of that, too, so we'll wrap up some NFL talk. But uh, feel free to chime in, folks. Again, 888 the phone number. But uh, and I had written down some of the coaching decisions, Big Dog, which I thought were very poor last night. See if you're with me on these. One, um, well, again, we used three timeouts in the first half. Completely yeah. ridiculous, our using and timeouts. And how bad were the, were the challenge? Well, and that was another one. The challenge yeah. of the fourth and one. I don't know who's relaying it to Lovey Smith. He didn't make it. They got stopped. Take it on the chin. Don't yeah, be a sore exactly. loser. They stopped you. They knocked it down. Pitiful challenge. And the replay obviously showed it. It yeah. was close. It was a very poor challenge. And again, you know, we're just burning up timeouts. That's been, it's sort of like the Cubs' inability to bunt, which yeah. has been going on for 30 years. The Bears calling early timeouts. That seems like it's been a nemesis for years and years and years. When, they, right. when they had three with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, I, I nearly spit my beer out. <laughs> Because, you know, like sometimes I was like so, like I was phased out of the game for a couple minutes because I was just so disgusted. Yep. And then I looked at the time, I was like, they have three? I was shocked, coach. Absolute shock. Absolute shock. Now, the uh, decision not to go for a field goal early in the game from about the 32-yard line, ordinarily on on fourth and one, I'm okay Uh with that decision. But here's where your football instincts have to come in. The Bears, quote-unquote, drive, there was no drive. It was all Detroit penalties. We yeah, kept getting bailed out. That was the time when Cutler was getting rushed. He, you know, threw a couple of shovel passes. Our offense was completely we'll disintegrating. And so we're at the 32. And in that situation, Big Dog, it's a gift. It's a gift to get three points. And it's a, not a dagger, but a, a little sharp object in the chest of the Detroit line. You take the three based on the way your offense had been performing, and the Bears didn't do that even after calling timeout. Poor coaching decision. How about at halftime? Bears get the ball back at the end of the half. 30 seconds left, right? Uh-huh. Ball on our own 20. Eh, why not take a shot? What do you got to lose? I know the offensive line has been like a sieve, but, you know, get Cutler back in the shotgun, fire the ball down the field. I didn't like that decision, playing not to lose instead well, of playing to win. They had no, they had no timeouts at that point, Coach. So? If you don't have a timeout, completing a ball down the field does you nothing, so why risk it? Well, 30 seconds. That's a couple time for a couple shots down the field, and if you do complete one, just sprint down there and spike the ball. With 30 seconds and no timeout? Yeah. I'm more upset they had no timeout, Coach. Well, so I'm, huh. I'm, that, that, I'm, I don't, I'm not upset about that at all. Okay. I can see where you might be, but I... That I'm not worried about. All right, and then what about the decision not to keep a couple of – Cutler's accuracy was excellent. Just give it him was. a couple of receivers, he'll find them. They never brought backs in to, you know, quote-unquote, max protect. No, they didn't. They didn't. That's, that was my whole thing. you got you got to protect the guy. And, you know, you can have a guy stay in on protection, okay, chip somebody, 
and then have him float out and be a receiver five yards down the field. But they never I mean, did actually, that. Uh, Matt, like when Matt Forte does that, it's phenomenal because, trust me, he can come in and block somebody, and he's already taken the linebacker out because the linebacker's fine, and then the linebacker sees him block somebody. Oh, he's blocking. Next thing you know, he floats out, and you can hit him with a pass. Now, I, I, I want to get back to the, the fourth and one decision, Coach, and not like the player or whatever, but you are exactly right. They had been gifted a bunch of penalties up to that point. Oh, that was now, the... You have a 49-yard field goal option indoors for Robbie Gold, which I le- will legitimately say is about an 8 out of 9 chance that he's going to make that field goal, okay? Yep. Just say the Bears do convert. Now they're on, they're, now they're on the 31-yard line, okay? They still have to go 31 yards for a touchdown, and they still have to sum up their butt this whole time. So what makes them say they're going to get the seven points anyways? <laughs> yep. I mean, that's a, you're so right about that decision. I, there was a, both of us love going four on four down, and especially. I mean, we love we both love going four on four down. There are some situations in a tight ball game when your offensive line is going backwards on every play, where you know you got to take the points. I'd have been more comfortable if they were going for it on fourth and five than on fourth and one at that point. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and that's that's when Ndamukong Sue made an absolutely phenomenal play too. That and, guy is, and all Frank Amaye has to do is step down faster. I mean, legitimately, coach. He knows all he has, he knows where he's going, and Dominican Sue doesn't know where the ball's going. All Omaye has to do is get his hands on him and just knock him off balance a little bit. And 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 but instead, and Dominican Sue has a free run as a defensive lineman, an All Pro, the best in the game, doesn't get a hand touched on him on a fourth and one play. Twenty-four to thirteen, the final score. Detroit Lions go up to five and zero. The beloved Bear down to two and three. Five games into the season, and uh, boy, I'll tell you one thing: the Detroit Lion fans are uh, into it, and that is a ball club, uh, Joel. That you know, typically I don't tune in to watch a whole lot of NFL football. That's a team I tune in to watch. They're pretty fun to watch, both on offense and even their defense is pretty uh, exciting to watch. Yeah, they they have had some ridiculous statistics this season, Coach. In the first half of games, they're doing the they're doing the Indianapolis Colts style of football. They throw the ball seventy nine percent of their snaps in the first half. Have you? That's one of the craziest stats I've heard through five games. Four out of five plays in the first half are passing plays. I've yeah. never heard of anybody in the NFL passing that much. Mm-hmm. And then the second half, it gets even because they're basically holding on to a lead. So that that is a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. I really wish they weren't in the Bears division because uh, I love Indomitian Sue and the Calvin Johnson is is really fun to watch. The football season isn't done for me, Coach, but I, I don't know if the Bears have a legitimate shot at making the playoffs right now. Yeah. Just the way the NFC looks, I was looking at the standings this morning. I kept looking at them, and I can't imagine the Bears being able to get a wild card spot right now. And I don't think you think they're going to pass up the Packers and the Lions to win the NFC North. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, don't forget, you don't have to. Let us there's, there's two wild card spots up, but there's That's... only two, Coach. Well, I understand that, but you, we, we don't English have to. One, so there's only one wild card spot left. Okay. Out of. But you look at the rest North. of the you look at the rest of the competition. San Francisco 49ers aren't going to keep playing like that. I don't think. So, uh, you know, yeah, forget about the Lions, forget about the Packers, but the Bears can be chasing, if they can get their, uh, you know, act together a little bit, they could be chasing some of the other teams for that wild card spot. The, I think they're going to have to be 11-5 and five to get a wild card in the NFC this year. Not so sure about that. I'm pretty sure about it, Coach. Okay. Uh, the, the Detroit or Green Bay loser of the NFC North 
is at worst going 13 and 3 this season. That part I'd agree with. But I'm not so, sure where where's your other 10 and 6, 11 and 5 team coming from? Okay, well, I, I, you know what? Maybe you do have a point because the NFC East. Eagles, Redskins, the Eagles Giants, are, Dallas, they're all beating each other up. I could see. Uh, but see, the NFC South, though, has. Uh, just, you know what, Coach? Maybe they can get in at 10 and 6. Or they 9 and 7. Or 9 and 7. 9 and 7 isn't going to do it. Because right? there's enough teams in the NFC East and the NFC South mm-hmm. that are, the, the Falcons, the Saints, they're gonna. They'll be able to. The, I know the Buccaneers might be done. The Buccaneers, I might be able to eliminate yeah, from this equation. Wouldn't they, count them. Me up. How about that? Not sure I'd count up. them out just yet. A lot can change. I think Tampa Bay is one of those teams. Boy, forty-eight to three. Yeah, that was San Francisco forty-eight. Tampa Bay. I didn't see the game, but I was shocked by that score. Jimmy, it wasn't like a bunch of returns or anything like that. They literally just ran the ball down their throat for the whole entire sixty minutes. Jim Harbaugh. Think about this. I mean. His dad was a good coach, and he was phenomenal at Stanford. You cannot deny that he was a great coach at Stanford. Yep. The 49ers may have got themselves a legend. Honestly, I think maybe I'm speaking too quickly, but it's early. Think about his early success so far as a coach. The 49ers were garbage last year. Uh, I watched the game on my phone yesterday. The 49ers played like perfect football coach. It was beautiful. Mike Singletary was quoted as saying it's the system – that he established is finally coming to fruition. That's that's good to know. That's good to know. So, hey, was Singletary at the uh, White House? I don't think I saw him. Oh, I didn't. I, I paid no attention to that. I've, I've promised myself that I only want 85 bear discussion talk when I'm actually with an 85 bear. When's the next time you're going to be with an 85 bear? I, I probably never. So. Oh. By the I, way, I, I was. I love 85 bears. One of my favorite teams. One of them of all time. Okay, uh-huh. but no, I'm not. I, I'm sick of hearing these guys all the time. So you, you, you got to pay Steve McMichael 100 bucks just to shake his hand. You know what I mean? It's, it's ridiculous. So. <laughs> oh goodness, big dog and the coach back at you, Don. Great to talk to you. Got to know it was a painful game yesterday, but great to have you back on. I know our listeners uh, missed you last week. You were uh, A W L L, you know, away without leave out in beautiful Mexico. Yes, David. Mike Singletary was not there. He was not. He's probably coaching somewhere, right? He is coaching, yeah. Yeah. Well, they could have given him Friday off. Well, him, Leslie Frazier, and ah, Ron Rivera yeah. were not there That's because right. of their coaching duties. Yeah, well, so. Rivera and Frazier had coaches, but you're right. That's too bad. Maybe they should have done it in the isn't, offseason. Isn't Singletary working with Rivera? Could be. That might, yeah, that might be right. Yeah. Could be. All right, but but dog, it's great to have you back, my friends. Our listeners, uh, we had some great people filling in for you, but it's great to have you back, safe and sound, and uh, hopefully everything went okay in Mexico. You told us a few of the stories last week, but um, any others that uh, need to be mentioned here on Family Sports Talk Radio? We mentioned you were all inclusive uh, location out in Mexico, Cancun, Mexico. Yeah, you, always, you were telling me last week that I could actually start talking about stuff, and now you you, you always put the, the the hammer on me, coach. I, <laughs> um. Yeah, that throws off the the stories I was going to tell definitely because uh, it did get a little crazy on the on the vacation. So it was a pretty good time. I will tell you this, people. You know, this is a pretty funny story. Now I, I get this trip for free, basically everything paid for, everything, coach, because that old vacation club that I used to work at, and you know I still stay in contact with uh, a couple of people over there, and I you know I was giving them crap, being like it's a total scam, blah blah blah. So they were like, we're going to take you on vacation. So I was like, BS. They're like, you won't even cost you anything. So I played it right. Next thing you know, I'm on vacation. So they take me to uh, to Cancun, 
okay? Everything paid for. Honestly, everything. I couldn't believe this. So we get down there as we walk in. Uh, I was like, you know, so they're like, okay, we're going to go to Chichen Itza, Joel. We'll go to Chichen Itza. So we go in, and I start talking to this guy. They're like, oh, yeah, I can get you to Chichen Itza. We talked to this guy for a while. After talking to him for about 15 minutes, we get him down to $60 for all of us to go to Chichen Itza, okay? Where are we going to? Chichen Itza. Chichen Itza. I've never heard of it. Grand Mayan Temple. I I know, Coach, you're not very learned. It's it's okay. I thought that was a wide receiver for Texas Christian University. Actually, it used to be. Pronounce it again, Chichen Itza? Chichen Itza, like chicken pizza. God bless you. Okay, so okay. it's where the, the massive Mayan ruins are. Mayan ruins. It was, it was the largest city in the world for about six hundred years. Familiar with the Mayan ruins, I just not had uh, got up close and personal with Chichen Itza. I did not know that was the location where the Mayan ruins were. No, there's there's thousands of ruins, but this is like the, the greatest and most grand of all of them. Okay. okay? And well, that, well, the story goes. So this guy works about the deal. Okay, you're gonna, we're gonna come pick you up here in the morning and we're gonna take you to the Grand Mayan and then we're gonna take the great, you're gonna have breakfast and you're going out to a bus. And I'm like, oh, that sounds perfect. Well, like, that's perfect. Okay. So we get picked up by the place. We get dropped off when we get there. We're at the Grand Mayan now. So we're at a different resort waiting to, to have breakfast. So next thing you know, they, they, they separate us and we look around and they start saying questions like, these like these people have to for their 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 job trying to sell these vacation packages. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a total scam at the airport. They were doing the same thing that these my friends do, coach. They try to sell ah. vacation points. Okay, and they separated. I have back right when I sat down. I started repeating what the guy was about because what we used to say. So they're they're trying to sell vacation packages to people that sell vacation packages. <laughs> That's like the, the classic Stephen Wright. Uh, is it Stephen Wright who says, you know, what would happen if you put a humidifier and a dehumidifier in the same room? <laughs> so we now have the vacation people being sold by the vacation people. Yeah, so the, that I, I nipped that one in the bud extremely quickly, uh-huh. very quickly. The guy looked at me, I'm like, this is what I do, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, that's where we're down here. We're staying at this resort for free, and it's much nicer than this resort. So that guy knew. He like immediately stood up. All right, let's get these people move on. <laughs> so, so, yeah. but they didn't send us to Chichen Itza. They waited. They had the, They made us go to the next day, and that was even more of a headache. I don't want to get into all that, but to get out there because it's in the middle of the Mayan jungle, coach, mm-hmm. and uh, in the Yucatan Peninsula. And when we went out there, it was when I say I don't, it's not exactly backwater. These people were not discovered alive until the late '80s. Okay, when Honestly, we didn't know they were there, and all these people are, like, two feet tall, okay? And they don't have necks. Their heads are, like, right on their shoulders. I'm not making fun of these people. I mean, this is what they look like. So mm-hmm. it's like uh, they're definitely Polynesian, okay, because they look totally Asian in the eyes and in, like, the way their face is constructed. Mm-hmm. But they're two to four feet tall. Like, if they're four feet tall, you would be playing center in the Mayan culture. <laughs> okay? Okay. Those are like the nicest people ever. So we're, like, we're going through these towns, you know, we'd stop and I'd get out. And like a girl that would be like 12 inches tall would walk up to me and like sell me like a handkerchief for like a dollar. Uh-huh. When we were actually at Chichen Itza, there was like this girl that I would say was about 18 inches tall. Uh-huh. The, most, the cutest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. She came over to us while we were doing the tour and she started singing. Okay. And, you know, she asked for the dollar for the handkerchief. So I asked one for a kiss and she kissed one. 
me right on the cheek, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's, and then I thought about it. I just paid a girl for a kiss. I kind of wanted to try to tell her, you know, that's not right. I shouldn't have done that to you. But that was, when that was on the way there, we were stopping at different uh, places. And I actually stopped at some place where I saw this guy who was about two and a half feet tall, can carve a cartouche for me. Okay, it's a Mayan, like it's made out of silver. Okay, and negotiating for that coach was was awfully fun. But it, this guy with his little tiny hand was able to hand carve out a message on this little piece of silver. I was uh, I was amazed, coach. The guy was no taller than I would say uh, thirty inches. Okay, and he's working this machine. It was I was like, am I in a different planet? I actually was thinking this. It was unlike anything I've seen. So at the same spot where I'm waiting for this guy to actually do it. I walk into the bar that had dirt on the ground, and there was an eight-year-old girl who was about three feet tall. She was taller than the guy out there. She was about 36 inches tall, serving beer. Oh, boy. I, I, I was in a different planet, Coach. So, so how, how developed are these towns? I mean... No, no, not at all, Coach. We're talking about through in the hut with grass on top of them. But they okay. still have a bar. Oh, yeah they, had, yeah. they had a bar. They even had electricity at this place, so they can... They had electricity... Okay, so all these people, like, live in these grass huts and stuff, but they did have, like, a one building that they sold all of their Mayan stuff out of. Mm-hmm. And the guy that uh, the guy that was in the, the Victor, so we're, it takes us about three hours to get to Chichen Itza. And we're stopping at different places on the way. And he's telling us all this stuff about Mayan history and about, uh, about the people and stuff. So basically, like, 10 pesos, $1 will feed their family for about a week. Okay? So when I go in there... The beers are 15 pesos, so it's a dollar fifty basically back home. And I'm like, oh my goodness! So since I'm not paying for anything, you know, I just give the girl, you know, 50 pesos, and like her eyelids lights up, you know, and I drink it. You know, I think I, I guarantee I fed at least 10 families for about a month, coach, when I was in that place. Wow, a good so, world tour for the big dog. It was. That's exactly what it was. When we got there, coach, I can't even explain like the chill that went up and down my, my spine. Mm-hmm. I got to see the court where they would cut people's heads off if they, if, uh, <laughs> if uh, wow. they were caught in some of their games. You know, did you ever hear about the, like, the game that they play where uh, they can't use their hands, but they have to kick a ball around, they have to get it into a hole that's 18 feet up in the air? You know, they, you know, they play it like once every 52 years, and if you win, they cut your head off because you're a sacrifice to the gods. Ouch. If you win? Uh, if you I win, hate, hate to hear what, what happens if you lose. you got to watch... Uh... Bear football for like three weeks in a row? Yeah, and uh, Sally Jesse Raphael rerun. <laughs> so, no, that's exactly what no, They know the guys don't want losers, okay? So, uh-huh. well, when I get there, <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to this tour guy who's excellent. He's, he's phenomenal. Yeah, and, like, in, as we're walking, I start asking him questions. They answer the first question. He was like, oh, so you actually came here for a reason, didn't you? I'm like, yeah. And the stuff he started telling me was just absolutely phenomenal. And at the end... When we're all separating, I let him know. I was like, uh, you know, I'm a tour guide in the city of Chicago. I do the ones on the river. He's like, oh, you do? He's like, you were asking questions that nobody, he's like, are the top ten questions that I've ever asked her. I think you asked them all. I'm like, oh, I appreciate that. He pulls me aside, coach, and starts taking me to stuff that they don't, the normal people don't get to see. I was going inside of the temples and stuff. I, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, I'm almost like in tears describing how cool it was. I mean, this guy didn't have to do this, okay? My friends are all walking around. I don't know who knows what the heck they're smoking as they're walking around Chichen Itza. And I'm, like, down in the ruins going, oh, Coach, I'm getting chills right now talking about it. It was too cool. And I was smart enough to bring a flashlight with me. So it was, uh, 
So you got an up up close personal tour of the Mayan ruins, a little a uh, little more than the average tourist would get. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, he was showing me stuff because you know we're talking about the fact that Eric von Dynikin, the guy who wrote *Chariots of the Gods*, that talks about how there were uh, the the Mayans actually had connections with uh, people with flying spacecraft and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was showing me those like the. I thoroughly believe it now after the stuff he showed me. Coach. Now, the Mayan calendar is the one that tells us when, that the world's existence will end. Well, Coach, you keep on saying that. I keep on trying to tell you that's not what it says. It starts over again on the 22nd oh. of this. Everybody thinks the world's ending. It's the rebirth. Oh, is that supposed to make us feel better? Yeah, of course it does. So just to let you know, on those days, on those days, we're going to be able to see it absolutely brilliantly up here. Now, going up uh, at around September of, of next year, so about 11 months from now, we're going to be able to see Venus in the skyline because it's going to be totally, at, during mm-hmm. the day, you're going to be able to see it. And then you're going to be able to see Mercury about two months later. And then around December 21st of that year, both of those planets are going to be in perfect alignment with the sun. So there's going to be a spot on the sun. We're going to have a lot less daylight during this particular day. Okay. When does the rebirth take place, though? The next day, because also the next day. So if, it, if it's a rebirth, night, what happens to all of us that are uh, currently inhabiting the fine planet Earth? Coach, what ends up happening is on that day, at night, we're going to be able to see the center of our of our galaxy. We haven't we haven't seen it in 26,000 years. Okay. The last time we saw the, the Earth at that or the center of the galaxy, a bunch of the, of the Earth, or excuse me, the, the black hole in the center of our galaxies, Radiation. I'm still, still waiting for practicality to hit. Next September 22nd, I think I'm scheduled to uh, be announcing a high school football game. What exactly is going to happen to us here on the fine planet Earth? I don't know. Something must be jacked up because why are you doing high school football in late December? Oh, I thought it was September. December. Oh, December. Then I'll probably be doing a high school hoops game. So what? Are, will the game be interrupted? Uh, things go on as per usual? Does life... I got a plan. Yeah, if you know, if life as we know it is going to end, I need to put that on my 2012 calendar. No, I, I really do want to know what what happens because there is proof that 26,000 years ago, there's radiation. We were blasted with radiation from uh, the center of our galaxy. Yet our scientists don't know if it's life giving or life taking. But we were without question blasted by it the last time we were in galactic alignment. Because okay. I mean, there's it's uh, it's irrefutable. So. I'm, I'm really looking forward. So I wish I had answers to those questions, Coach. I'd rich. People would actually listen to me instead of being mm-hmm. like, "Oh, okay. you don't know what you're talking about." All right. So. Well, just just in case, we'll plan for a show on December 22nd. Just in we, case. We that. should. We, no, my point is, we'll be alive, Coach. Okay. The world is not ending. That's. Uh, can I reiterate that to Absolutely. everybody out there? So, like, if there's an earthquake on December 21st of next year, coincidentally, the, the world. I can just imagine. Oh, the world's ending. You know, okay. people commit suicide, acting crazy. That's what I'm afraid right. happens, Coach. And for those people that were planning on not turning in their quarterly tax returns like next April and June, you probably should do it because uh, most likely we'll still be here. Yeah, no doubt. I wouldn't, I wouldn't cash in your, uh, you okay. know, your 401k on, you know, December 5th next year and go partying for a couple of weeks. Okay. Just a couple tips for you. Invest in railroads and never eat yellow snow. Thank you very much. That's what my stockbroker tell me. Uh, outstanding. Well, it sounds like you had a great, great time. A little culture. A yeah, little bit yeah. of fun, and again, you defied the odds because we did take a informal poll of our two guys and a mic listeners, and 72%. It went 72 to 26 with 4% on other, whether you would make it back safely. 72% you know, thought that you would not, actually. Those people those people were right, because i got to be honest with you. I had the shakes when I got back. I literally did. I had the shakes. 
and it was I drank way too much alcohol. Like ridiculous, ridiculous amounts of alcohol. I can't even explain how much I drank. I should have. I've never drank mm-hmm. like that before in my entire life, and I really. I'm not going to drink like that ever again. I cannot. That's n- it's not healthy for me. I can't even explain. <laughs> I think these guys too well. They were chasing me around with Don Julio bottles, throwing tequila down. I'm not kidding. The but uh, you, you didn't have mine. to. You're right at your. You can like literally walk to your hotel room, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I didn't leave the. I didn't leave the resort. We, we, we went to Chichen yeah. Itza. The hard and part though is after drinking that much is to find the right room number. Well, I don't know. I, the first night, I don't recall getting to the room. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't, by the way. Uh, that's a, another story that cannot be told. Uh, but the other night, I do remember going back. I, I, the day we were going back to Chichen Itza, I, I stopped drinking at like uh, at like eleven thirty. Mm-hmm. My wife was like, "Wow, man, you're cutting it early." So we uh, we all went to bed, and that was the only night that we didn't absolutely party to a hundred percent of capability. That was only at about ninety three. So. <laughs> By the way, I will. I can't repeat them over the air, but I will email you the uh, some of the responses on the four percent that listed other for what would happen to the big dog. Uh oh. Let's just say some of our listeners got very creative. I think well, one of them one of them had to do with like a spear and a loincloth. But uh, again, some of those cannot be repeated over the air. But well, hey, luckily I didn't end up with poison ivy on the rectum. <laughs> Oh, that could be a problem. But I'm sure yeah. the Mayan, the Mayan, uh, the two foot Mayan, uh, tourism salespeople, they'll, they'll probably sell you something for that. You know what's cool is like if you end up being a four foot tall Mayan, yep. you get work at the, at the resort. Seriously. And so when I walked, the, right when I walked into, uh, Fiesta Americana Contessa, I noticed that there was a, a stairwell that walked up to the counter. And I was like, what the heck is that? I was like, why is there stairs that walk like right at the hotel counter? You know what I mean? I'm like, I didn't get it. And then right when I turned around and I saw, oh, I was like, oh, that's why everybody is tiny here. So it's like you're a four foot tall man. These people are the nicest people in the world, though. So these are the exact type of people that you want as like your your service staff because mm-hmm. they're just good people. I, it's, I don't know. It's just pretty. Funny. It, so, it so, is cool the way you're describing it, though. I think all of us, wherever we might be. By the way, speaking of that, is uh, did you pass out? Some of your cards, do they have internet in, in the Mayan ruins area and Chichunitsa no, or whatever no, no, it is? Nothing, nothing like that. Uh. I was, for the first time in a long time, I was not concerned whatsoever with my telephone or any of that. Garbage. So we have no no new listeners out in the Chichunitsa area. Well, we, we might. We might have a couple. There oh. was, uh, as, as a matter of fact, there was this one guy when I was at La Sinota. There was this place it, right in, in by Chichunitsa. has this massive... Uh, it's a massive well that the Mayans get their water from. Well, they had the last cliff diving championships there, Coach. And uh, let's just say I, I ran and jumped off of it. Coach, people, cool. they, they would, oh, I'm going to go up there. They would walk up there and be so, like, flabbergasted, they would have to be walked along the wall <laughs> back down, okay? <laughs> yeah. I got to the top, and I ran, and I jumped off. And I jumped, and I'm like, okay, when are we going to hit the water? Okay, shouldn't I have hit the water by now? What the heck? And next thing I know, I went through... I hit that water so hard, so I felt like I was in the air for about 20 seconds. <laughs> when I get out, some guy that was on the tour bus with me, he was like, man, you are crazy. <laughs> he's, like, and he's like, is that how you like to get your thrills? By doing crazy Were stuff? you completely like, sober at this time? Not completely. Not completely. Okay. What town was uh, it called? Uh, it's Las Minota. It's this Las massive Minota. well. It's only about, like I would say the, the radius is only about 50 feet but it goes down like 600 feet. 
So, like, you walk down these holes, and next thing you know, you're, you have to walk up a side of the cliff, and you're, like, in a hole in the ground, but you're standing on a cliff, and the water's, like, 50 feet below you. And, from, uh, from what I, I hear, know. by the way, when, when Latsunitsa and Chitsunitsa meet up in uh, Friday night high school football, you can throw the records out. It's supposed to be a pretty, uh, pretty heated rivalry, from what I hear. Uh, but it's football down there, Coach. Yes. Yes, that is that. It's high school football, yes. Yeah. Well, well, this, well no, just, listen to what this guy says to me. So we get out of the water. You get your thrills from jumping. I'm like, yeah, he's like, well, now, by the way, this guy is a doctor, okay, back in New York. I get my thrills from doing heroin. That's why I had to leave New York. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, yeah, man. He's like, I have to just get away because my friend, we do it every day. We don't stop. I was like, oh, I've known you for five minutes, and you tell me you do heroin? That's really nice. Uh, so that's uh, I just thought I'd throw that after one of the strangest things I've and, ever heard said to me. And he's a doctor. Yes, yes, oh, there, yes. He's a doctor. There's he a pharmaceutical comp- heroin that he gets through somehow. He gets. Uh, he told me the whole process uh-huh. as my mouth was on the ground. I'm mean, like, uh-huh. really? You just walked up to me and basically said you're a heroin addict? That's a real nice introduction. Yeah, that's a comforting thought. Yes, comforting thought. Make sure you get his uh, particular doctoral information if I'm ever out in the New York area. <laughs> I'll make sure to stay away from that particular guy. Well, I'm glad you went. And, you know, for all semi-serious, it's, you know, we get all, wherever we are, most of us get wrapped up in the environment, in the area that we live and we work. And and we don't get to experience enough of the outside. You know, some of us travel a little bit, some a little bit more. But the more you take uh, extensive travel like that, you do find out that there's a lot of different type of, how do I describe, a lot of type different type of existences in this world. Uh-huh. You know, and it's so much different than we, we tend to think our little existence is the way most people are. And you don't even have to get outside the country. You can go in the United States to, like, farm area. Mm-hmm. You know, farm town. And that's just a completely, I'll use the word existence for lack of a better, it's a completely different existence or lifestyle than the one we think is somewhat normal. So it's 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 therapeutic to do what you did and see these different cultures. No, the coach, there's a beautiful story that this guy Victor told us, and it goes right to this point that you just said. When these, when they discovered these people in the 1980s, that they were around, because they were deep in the heart of the jungle, okay, uh, they, 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 they can speak really well. It's unbelievable. They were able to communicate, okay? So they bring this family, a bunch of people, into one of their, their, their schoolhouses, okay, and they, like, they saw like, the first like, concrete and all that, and they, they saw how they reacted. They put a television on, and they start showing them Mexico City. And one of the women starts crying. And they, they goes, why are you crying? They're like, those poor people. They don't have any trees or jungle to take care of them. Hmm. So, like, her difference, she was upset that these people had to live this way. And we're looking at them being like, oh, they live with, uh, the way they live is, is horrible, yet these people live, on average, to be 93 years old. They don't have gray hair. They don't lose their hair. None of them are fat. Did you see what I'm saying, Coach? They uh-huh. don't get to see this. So we're like, oh, look at those people. You're exactly right. I, honestly, I would much rather live in a house that I do now, be able to swim in the pool, watch college football on Saturday. I, I You know, I, I'm pretty happy with mine. But to them, they're the happiest people on the planet. They're healthier than us. They live longer than us. They have more peaceful lives than we do. He felt bad who had no shoes till he saw the man who had no feet. That doesn't exactly apply, but it's close enough. Yeah. It's, so it's it's you know, we think we have it so good. You yep. know, Maybe we don't have it as well as we think. Yep. Yep. Material things, my friend. Material things are extremely, extremely overrated. Outstanding. Big Dog uh, bringing us some good stuff uh, via the, uh, you know, we missed you last week, but I'm glad you added to your cultural experience. I think you'll come back as a better 
person and a better radio host. Uh, so we missed you for a week, but I think in the long run we're going to catch much more for it. Yeah, it sounds good, Coach. No idea what the I, I, hell I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, real quick, and again, uh, you want to check in. If you're listening out in Chitsunista, you're a new listener to the program, uh, feel free to give us a call. Or even if you're not in Chitsunista near the Mayan ruins, but possibly you're in the continental United States, wherever you might be, you want to check in, talk some sports, talk some Mayan culture with the big dog, you can do it at 888-463-6748. By the way, the uh, Beat the Schmoes from Friday, believe it or not, David Olson, producer extraordinaire, dog? Uh-huh. Three and O. Oh. We're going to have to start charging people for his picks. It's unbelievable. Against the spread. 2-1, and 2-1, and 3-0, and 2-1, oh, 2-1, and 3-0. Oh. He has not had a losing week in six weeks. And collectively, 9-11, and 4 big dog. Hotter than Hades. Wow, he's 14-4? and four? That's unbelievable. I'm, that puts my 12-6 and six makes it look like nothing. Now, what That's did you go? Last week, you went, uh, was it 2-1 and one or 1-2? One and two? I am, you know what, I, honestly, I need a score on one of the games, because I know Illinois didn't cover, okay, because yes. obviously I was really, really busy. So the Arkansas... Oklahoma, Oklahoma you, covered with the hammer. Yeah, you took Auburn and the points. Yes. So we don't know about that one. And and honestly, I was on the river when it happened, and yeah. I have been working ever since then, so... I think you might have... I'm pretty sure I lost. I'm pretty sure I, I think lost. you lost it, too. So you might have gone one and two. I had a bounce I, I back week. I finished two and one. I had Seattle upsetting New York, and I had Pittsburgh knocking off Tennessee. Uh, but my Philadelphia over Buffalo pick did not come through, so I finished two and one. But the star of the day, no question, producer extraordinaire David Olson going three and oh. So we had beat the schmoes right out there for you. Baseball playoffs, big dog, Texas up on Detroit, two zero. Nelson Cruz, Grand. Slam in the 11th inning, and I think I heard him say, and I was surprised that that's the first Grand Slam walk-off in, in playoff baseball history? No, well, there's an asterisk to that. Uh-oh, and I love asterisks. I'm the one who spotted it immediately right when they said that. There's this guy, Byron, uh, Brian, a Bears fan, that was sitting right next to me yesterday. He can confirm it. Right when I, we heard that, I said, Robin Ventura hit the Grand Single, hit a walk-off Grand Slam home run, and his teammates, tackled him as he <laughs> rounded first base because they only needed like one run or two runs there and so he didn't get to complete his trip around the bases. So Robin Ventura truly has the first Grand Slam walk off. I do not remember that. Who was he playing for at the time? For the Mets. New York Mets brand they, new they showed last night they showed it, coach, it was great. He was like pushing the guys away. He's like, let me run the race, let me run the bases <laughs> and they wouldn't. He's like, all right, whatever. So I bet right now when Nelson Cruz hit that, he's probably like just like man. I could at least have my name brought up again. So yeah, well they're the they're the team to beat right now. The Texas Rangers uh, knocking off Detroit seven to three. Tigers down two zero. Detroit not dead yet. Of course, St. Louis bounces back and knocks off the Brewers. Cardinals. Uh, and you know we haven't even talked to you since Friday, Big Dope. But the two best teams for four and a half months of baseball, five months of baseball, the Yankees and the Phillies both in one week of slightly less than average baseball, both get knocked off. If you would have told me on April 1st, dude, if you remember, I wasn't the only one. And I, and I even told you this then, Coach. I was like, I don't, I don't want to predict the playoffs. I always say this about baseball. I don't want to predict the playoffs. I can predict the regular season on April 1st. I'm not going to tell you who's going to win the, the playoff series when they start. But the Phillies, best record in baseball, get knocked out. I mean, that's no surprise they get knocked out. The Red Sox don't even make it. The Yankees get knocked out in the first round. Yep. This is it's it's a good year for baseball if you truly love baseball. But if you actually have the television ratings 
that you have to worry about for baseball, you're going to be pretty upset when. Yep. This, yeah, this can't be a good. Yeah, final. they were they were hoping for a Philadelphia Yankee World Series. Not going to be the case. St. Louis, by the way, winning uh, yesterday twelve to three over the Brewers, so they've evened up that series. And uh, that, that that's one of those ones that might go seven games. Two pretty fierce rivals. Um, should be interesting to watch. I I really do think it's going seven games, and uh, you know I'm rooting for the Brewers in this particular in this particular case. But mm-hmm. I do they've had seven games written all over a coach. Yep. And uh, this is not going to be your typical. I guess when Chris Carpenter is pitching and Derek pitching, that might be a little different. Were but. you were you back from the Mayan ruins to watch Carpenter and Halliday? An absolute. Uh, I've rarely watched a game from start to finish via my tape machine. I watched just about start to finish Carpenter versus Halliday in a one nothing classic. Oh, I didn't get to see a coach. I was wow. still traveling, and it's too bad. So Rafael Farcal leads the game up for the triple scores, and that's all the run totals for the whole game. Philadelphia Philly hitter. Fun. Part of it was Carpenter being good. Part of it, Philadelphia Philly hitters, tighter than a twisted drum, big dog. They forget everything, don't they? Well, they were just tight, even when they swung. It mm-hmm. wasn't. I mean, they swung at everything during the regular season too. But you know that. When you tighten up a little bit, your swing is not as loose and free and easy as quick. So yeah. I, th- I thought it was just the tension of the bats of the Philadelphia Phillies that was part of Carpenter's success. You know what you tell guys that are that are swinging like that? You don't tell them to relax because I swear we tell somebody to relax to make some more tense. Get mad. You, don't know, you, you tell them this: don't swing the bat as hard as you can. Swing it as fast as you can. Uh, that's good. I mean, it really does loosen. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like I whatever. I remind myself to do that. I, I mm-hmm. relax and I have great swing. I like that so. advice. See ball, hit ball. Mm-hmm. Not that complicated. Greg Walker has uh, resigned as the hitting coach for the Chicago White Sox Big Dog, possibly between the two of us. With my uh, coaching experience and practicality and your epithelial and creative suggestion, I think the two of us could combine, maybe apply for the White Sox hitting job. Yeah, and especially if they trade Adam Dunn and sign Albert Pujols, we'll nope. do a phenomenal job next year as, a, <laughs> as the White Sox hitting coach. Oh, goodness. Hey, got to throw some congrats out to uh, Moses Mosop, who won the Chicago Marathon. Unbelievable time. I think he ran the last three miles, the last three or, or three of the last four, in 438, a 440, and a 439. I mean, that. That's unbelievable. So we're talking mile 22, 23, and 24 in that time, Big Doug. The guy's unbelievable, and, of course, he is from Kenya. And uh, the young lady, Shubakova, who won her third consecutive Chicago Marathon. Congrats to her as well. They, hopefully they name a soft drink after that girl. So she can make a fortune. Shubakova. Shubakova. She, she is from Russia. 45,000 runners. I was down there for the first time ever, Big Doug. Something I've always talked about doing. I'm living my, bu- I'm, my bucket list is starting to go. Remember I went down to the, uh, the gay pride parade this year? Yeah. All right. First time ever. Something I've always wanted to do. This year I make it down to the Chicago Marathon. How cool. Watching the start of the run on Columbus Drive, about a half a mile into it. And I figured, you know, it'd be cool to watch 40,000 runners. I figured it would take like five or ten minutes. I mean, it must have been like 35 minutes straight of just runners. Yeah. It was unbelievable. I, I, I know because I got off the train and I have to go to work. My boss calls me and says, hey, you, could you please do the early tour today? I'm like, no problem. Well, yeah. because, of the, because of the marathon, the train was about a billion hours late, okay? Yeah. And when I get down there, the, the, the race went right around the train track. Yeah. I'm um, like, I had to go through the race. And somebody like screamed at me. I'm, I'm trying to go to work. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. 
You know, yeah. like, I, I, I walked like, through some runners. Like, I, I talked to the cop of mine. I said, like, yeah, you can go through. He's like, so uh, basically, now. So I ran across yeah. with my bike, and some chick yelled at me. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> One of the runners did? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry to ruin your special day. Oh, you know, man, so. it was cool. It was it was really neat to watch all kinds of you know funny outfits and creative-looking T-shirt. Two guys dressed as cavemen. I appreciated that, and they were running with the... Uh, you know, the cave mallets in their hand, that was pretty good. Some guy dressed all in orange, a very creative T-shirt. My favorite T-shirt, by the way, was the one guy about middle of the pack, black T-shirt with big white letters that said, running sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, at the start of the race didn't apply much, but about halfway through, I think, I, you know, he kind of appreciated that one. Two other guys, neon green shirts, one on the back had do, the other one or die. And on the front of their shirts, they had what's up. But and the crowd gets into it because a lot of people put their names in the front. Uh huh. They you know either bare chested or they printed on their T-shirt. You know Tom, Amy, Billy. So the crowd is like, yeah, come on, Tommy, go, Sally, go. You know, and they're kind of waving to the crowd. It's kind of cool. You get that little connection with the runners. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would. I would put a different name on mine just for like a like a joke. Yeah, like, or some funny. Name. Like oh, 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 and by the way. When I was watching the start on Columbus Drive, Columbus and uh, right near Wacker, about 30 yards from me, ABC television and waiting to do the interview and talking to people, uh, Abby Wambach and Hope Solo from the U.S. women's soccer team. You know I had this hope, this whole Hope Solo thing going on this summer. Oh, Coach, please tell me you've seen uh, the body issue for ESPN Magazine. <laughs> I have That's not. Do I need to see it? She's in it. And I yeah. have to tell you is you might want to just stop doing the show right now wow. and go directly to your local newsstand wow. and buy that. In a bathing suit? You might want to buy two copies and some lamination paper. Too. Hey, ho! I felt bad for Abby Wambach, though, because she's absolute star of the team. They've been there longer than Hope Solo. But as the runners passed by and they saw the camera, and, you know, I'd say maybe one out of every 50 would recognize the two. You know, hey, Hope! Hope Solo! Hope, I love you! Nobody even mentioned Abby. It was all about Hope Solo. Oh, I would have said something happy. I would have. Yeah, I would have too. I actually, I, well, at any rate, that was a personal thrill for me. But uh, congrats to all of those runners who uh, finished it out. All right, Dole, we got to wrap it up. More to come tomorrow, okay? We'll catch up on a lot of stuff and start to previewing ahead as well. Go Bears. <laughs> Bears season is over, but go Bears. Thanks for listening, everybody. David Olson, other side of the glass, 3-0 on Beat the Schmo is phenomenal. We'll see you tomorrow at uh, 10 o'clock. Don't be late.